Hello, I'm John Waters, and I'm supposed to announce there is no smoking in this theater, which I think is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard of in my life. How can anyone sit through a length of a film, especially a European film, and not have a cigarette? But don't you wish you had one right now? Mm, 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 mm. And I'm telling you, smoke anyway. It gives ushers jobs. And if people didn't smoke, there would be no employment for the youth of today. So once again, no smoking in this theater. I'm thinking about specifically. God, uh, this is gonna turn into a three billboards hate let's fest. Let's go. I haven't, I haven't <laughs> seen it. Fucking I just, racist. I know you two hate it. All right. Uh, thank you for listening to Try Love. This is uh, a oh, literally shit. roundtable discussion of movies we've seen at the Trilon. I'm Jason. I'm Harry. I'm Aaron. And I'm Cody. Uh, Cody, first time caster. First time. Long time. Long time. Long time. Yeah, I'm not right. gonna try and sound out the abbreviation piece that together, but. I'll leave Why that. would you abbreviate it? I just said it out loud. Like the acronym, L-T. excuse me. Excuse um, me. The what, say that again? FTLT. There we go. FTLT. FTL? <laughs> also faster than light transmission. Nice. Oh, I yeah, prefer totally. that one. It's a pleasure. Uh, John's not here, as you may have noticed. Um, or maybe not. Ooh. Oh. Sorry, Damn. John. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fucking brutal. Do you edit these at all? <laughs> not this one. Uh, but Aaron is here. He's... I'm back. He's got the papers and thoughts. We've all got oh, our notes written true. down. Uh, we should probably talk about the movie we're going to talk about, which is Yojimbo. Which is Japanese for Hey Jimbo, of course. I made this joke before the podcast started, <laughs> and, I promised and I'm I'd making laugh. it again. And, and I, I think it's I a little racist, and so I apologize for it. Uh, okay. It would maybe. be cool if Yo was Japanese for Hey. <laughs> Wouldn't it? I don't know. It, it would, it what does Yo really mean? Cool. It would make Yo Gabagaba a lot cooler show. I Jimbo. I Jimbo. It's like that movie, I, Tonya. It's I, Jimbo. Yes. <laughs> the spiritual sequel all right. along, but prequel, because that's how that he works. He came from nothing. Did you guys, do you guys remember when they changed I, Hop to I, Hob? How could I forget? Yeah. Uh, what did you guys think? You guys thought it was going to be like, you know, breakfast or brunch? Like, wasn't that the... Oh, good question. Burgers, what did you right? think it was the I mean, B stood for? I thought Jason's everybody was like, oh, yeah, brunch. the studio. Is this Jason's a studio? I don't know. I thought it was like a J.R.R. Tolkien revival, and like IHOB was like short for IHobbit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was very disappointed. I ultimately. took that one picture of James Franco when he, in Spider-Man 3, when he eats the pie and says, so good. <laughs> and I put IHOB in the Itonia font above the um, that picture and released it as like a movie poster. Oh my god! It's one of my favorite jokes that I've ever made, <laughs> and I just thought I would vi- try to orally represent it here. Orally? Orally? What? Or, or well, you could be either here. Orally spoken. Orally is. Is that how you pronounce audible? that? Orally. A u r a l l y. Is that the you w- love this conversation? Don't We're gonna you? edit all this out. This is just <laughs> are soft, we? sort of. I'm the one at the keys. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> you made a mistake. Yo, Jimbo. 1961. <laughs> right. 1961. Where does Kurosawa this Where does this film. fall in Akira Kurosawa's filmography? It's late. Uh, surprisingly late. Late I think. Kurosawa based on its legacy, right? Like, a lot of people mention this as, like, one of his sort of uh, foundational movies, but it came out 11 years after Rashomon, which is wild to think about. Yeah, Yeah, that's absurd. Yeah, In a cool way. I thought that Sanjuro, the main character of this movie, um, played by Toshiro Meifune, more like Toshiro Beifune. Heyo! If you ask me. uh, I thought that he was doing an old bit. 
Like I thought, but it turns out that he is actually just eleven years older than he was in Rashomon, <laughs> and it like it shows like not in a bad way. He's still extremely hot, obviously. Right. But but that was uh, surprising to me. You you knew, was, you knew that his acting range was so good that he could just transcend time and pretend to be eleven years older and actually appear. I wouldn't have years put older. it past him. Yeah. I mean, if you go back and watch Rashomon after watching this movie, he looks like a baby boy in Rashomon. Like he's he's so his skin is luminous and. As you know, opposed to as, 1961. As the guy's got a good skincare routine. You don't Probably. Need to, yeah, I mean, he's, you know. He, he he also does kind of fit the old kind of, like, jaded man traveling the countryside in this film. Extremely in, well. In a way that, that really works. I yeah. Think. Right. He's great in this. I know oh, I, I like, think it's one of the, Yeah, it, right. Like you said, it's almost, like, trite to say that. But, like, I think it's one of the all-time great they, they movie work together, performances you know? ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, Yojimbo, it's about a wandering Ronin who comes upon a town divided by two different families who are vying for power in several different ways, one of which is that one of them wanted his son to take over right, first uh, place, that is, and the other uh, was not. Sebe, who is the sort of brothel owner. And, and he wanted his son to take over his business for him? or uh, His business slashed the town. It's sort of implied that the officials in this town are corrupt, mm-hmm. and so the, the like two richest landowners... At least this was the impression I got. Yeah, totally. Uh, like, sort of control everything. Like, uh, the there, there are two mayors in town. Um, Tazaman, who is the original mayor, and uh, Takanemon, I think. I think their names are similar on purpose, which is really funny. Uh, I, that's not me being an ass. That's like... Uh, all of the names in this movie are really funny. It very, yeah, it very distinctly, I think, kind of conflates the two parties, right? Like, yeah. you really don't understand how they're different until well later in the film. That's a good point. Except that, like, one is maybe more competent and therefore scarier. Yeah, one is is better at getting shit done and, and also like better more at like murderous. murdering people in pretty horrific yeah. ways. But it, but it should be noted that like the less sort of. Uh, egregious of the two clans also like kidnaps and sells women into chattel slavery which means they're like real bad right like is chattel right i chattel yeah i feel like that's a term Ah, i was gonna edit it out go i've heard the phrase i don't know specifics yeah it might be bad Uh, a lot of people in this this film are bad Uh, (laughs) they have their own interests usually economic but generally based in power right Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think it's it maybe important just to kind of set the stage for the setting of this movie is that it is, you know, a story of a, uh, you know, kind of a, it, it, well, the character is literally kind of the basis for, you know, the man with no name, right? Um, it was the both, basis for both the dollars. The, the archetype, well, the archetype pre predated this movie, sure. but it was sort of a, it was sort of a codifying archetype. And yes, the, the dollars trilogy with Clint Eastwood and, um, uh, Sergio, Sergio Leone was the director of those three movies, right? Yes. Um, yeah. A dollar, a fistful of Dollars is like a shot-for-shot shot remake of the It's Yo almost Kimbo. exactly. Like, down to the three Hoffins yeah. line. That's Except crazy. with like a lot more racism and a lot less humor. Uh, uh, there was a lawsuit, uh, actually. Yeah. And Kurosawa actually won it um, because the movie was such a, a blatant ripoff. Good for uh, him. I think Fistful of Dollars came out four years, five years after this. Is that all? Uh, I thought it was. I think it was '66. I want to say it was pretty close. Yeah, that sounds right because I think uh, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly is '69, isn't it? Nice, nice. You don't get a nice your own shit, dude. (laughs) What do you mean? Of course (laughs) I do. Get to do that. Whatever. All right. 
Um, so, yeah, this is, again, a movie about a character strolling into town, kind of in the same way that, you know, uh, like Mad Max, you know, Indiana Jones, a, the great adventurous character. Yojimbo. Yojimbo. No, it's not Yojimbo. For instance. Sandro, uh, you know, wanders into a town. There is a predicament, kind of solves it, and at the end of the film, he leaves. He goes on. He kind of solves it. He kind no. Mostly he, everyone sure. in town is dead by the end of this movie. <laughs> Which is like a joke that they make at the very end of the movie. It's like he he watches one mayor, uh, spoilers, I guess, uh, Tazaman kill um, Takeuman. Sorry if I'm butchering those pronunciations. Um, and then he's like, well, village will be safe now. See ya. <laughs> it's really funny. There's like a lot of dead people around him when he says that. Uh, we should probably say that, right? That like... This sounds like a really dark movie uh, based on its broad description, and it is. Like, it, it has a pretty cynical outlook on uh, humanity. It's also hilarious. It's, like, a really, really funny movie, especially to watch uh, at the Trilon. Like, everyone was laughing when we were there, and uh, there are, like, specific parts I remember of uh, physical humor especially. Like, everyone in this movie is, like, an incredible actor, which, uh, being the ignorant American I am, I didn't realize it's because, like, most of the people in this movie are, like, huge Japanese actors. Like, not just Toshiro Mifune, but, like, a bunch of the supporting cast are also, like, giant uh, actors and literal giant actors. In yeah, I, w- I was confused when you first said that. The mallet that. dude? Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this movie is things funny moving. and... <laughs> Yeah, dude. Uh, this movie is is funny and kind of horrific, often at the same time. I mean, the, the well, first y- y- yeah, you one, of, one of the first scenes, the is dog, him str- yeah, him yeah, strolling into town, and there's yeah, a dog carrying like a dismembered a human hand. hand. That's just a super famous it. As scene. The coolest fucking soundtrack plays, by the way. Yeah, just this like soundtrack that fucking super slaps. xylophone. Oh my god, sound. It is a really good <laughs> it soundtrack. It's we should so probably good. talk more about that. Uh, the soundtrack was done by uh, Masaru Sato. That's in my notes. <laughs> he really saw to that it was a great soundtrack. What was that? Saw, saw I'm glad you committed to that at the very least. Yeah, not without some chin through. scratching. Speaking of chin scratching, the like this whole movie from like toe to tip characterizes uh, Sanjuro so incredibly well. Yeah, in a movie of so many characters, from like the first very first shot in an opening like mountain range, and the back of his head, and it's sort of set up as an epic Ronin whatever just in that first shot but then he like just subtly he scratches his head in sort of like a I don't know vagabond type way and yeah. then just sloughs on his way he's a dirty just boy perfectly. <laughs> he's, he's one dirty ass boy he's, he's like unshaven. he's grumpy he's old uh, the name Sanjuro means 30 uh, that's what he calls himself in both this and the sequel although he himself notes that he's closer to 40 I, to look at him, you would think that he had passed 40 a while ago, just based on the way that he's made up. Um, Toshiro Mifune himself turned 40 between movies, between <laughs> Yojimbo and Sanjuro, which is hilarious. Uh, at least I think so. It might have been 40 to 41 or uh, something Whatever. else. But yeah. he, it was a very self-referential line. How do you think he smells in this movie? Oh, my what God. What do you think his scent is like? Like, not great, I mean? huh? In, in fiction, in fiction, in fiction or in fiction, reality? how does he smell? I think he smells, he smells worse in good. reality than he did like in fiction. Pretty good musk going on. Yeah. I mean, with how animalistic he was, I assume he just went method and stopped bathing. I don't have the research uh, to back that up. But. I don't know if he looks it throughout most of the movie. He looks like, I mean, yeah, scruffy, but, like, not 
Right. I yeah, don't just know. like the scratching, the um, like the shoulder twitches. He does, he does a big shoulder twitch thing. Yeah. I think that's more of a iconic character thing in um, Sanjuro. Yeah, but totally. uh, even in Yojimbo, he has a lot of like really well done, well studied physical mannerisms yeah. that set him apart as this the, sort of like the beard stroking yeah, and all that. Very cynical, very sort of um, conniving's not the right word, although he does a lot of conniving in this movie. <laughs> uh, um, but but sort of like a. Um, He's just a, I, I guess, just a horse's ass. Like, I think I turned to Jason at one point and I said, this is the story of how the largest horse's ass in the world did some good. And, like, that's how it feels, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Even when he's being, a, like, the only good person in the movie, he is making himself the biggest horse's ass in the world. Purposefully. And I, and yeah. I think that's kind of one of the meta jokes of the movie. Just, like, part of what contributes to how ridiculous it is, is he, yeah, he's a horse's ass. Furthermore, he strolls into this town, and within five minutes, he's just doing as he pleases. Like, he owns this town. Yeah. He in, cuts like, a man's arm off in, like, the first 15 minutes. And we see him walking back and forth, you know, setting his territory, if you yeah. want to go back to, like, the animalism of it all. But just, you know, beep-bopping to both sides. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's also schemes. important to note that he establishes his ownership uh or his value to the two factions by immediately killing three people. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, within five minutes of getting into town, like, these three people accost him, and he just fucking murders all three of them. To be fair, he needed some convincing to do that. Yes, that's that was, true. That, yeah. was, that was the second interaction, admittedly. Between the three and him, that's right. true, yeah. Admittedly, it was just kind of a, hey, you should kill them. Oh, you know yeah. what? Maybe I, I should. Well, and, and <laughs> that his killing was not motivated by bloodlust or anger. It was motivated by, like, this profiteering which is not like a better motivation but yeah it's like the first day in prison you go to the tallest guy and you shank him right except he, it wasn't the tallest guy in this it, case it was, well no there's a dude in this movie who's like eight Nine feet, feet tall. tall he's so <laughs> who large is that guy yeah. jesus he christ big. he be big he's incredible yeah he's I, great I in it him. reminds me of the actor that plays jaws and the the james bond movies like, yeah totally. the same kind of like rest physical, in peace by the way r.i.p yeah well, it's been like a few years now yeah, right yeah still, i mean you, you can know. still rest in peace for years <laughs> I wasn't I saying there's not a statute of limitations on Rip. Had, uh, ben. Continue to rest in peace. Probably to both Crip. those actors. Crip. Crip. Continue to rest in peace. I like that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Thanks. I don't. I don't like mm-hmm. that. You don't like that? That's one out of four, buddy. You are <laughs> overruled. Vote it out. Get out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the I would say maybe the first two thirds of this movie is is him pretty expertly just kind of going back and forth and just hey you know. These guys offered me this amount of money. Right. Can that's, you, can you one up that? Okay, you can one up that. Okay, let me go back to these right. other guys. The overarching plot is essentially that he plays these two sides against one another, which he says he's going to do from the very beginning. There's a point his his sort of home base in the middle of town is a uh, um Izakaya, which is like a, a bar. I also wrote that word down. Nice. I didn't. I Z A K A Y A. So you got it, you got it. <laughs> Yo, Jimbo. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a pub owned by a guy named Ganji. Who, Ganji, yeah. Second best character in yeah, this movie. They, Total bro. They Total have bro. incredible chemistry with one another, uh, established really early on, and and Ganji largely, at least early on. Um, he functions as, like, an exposition delivery device where, like, he... But, like, in really good, really well-shot, r- well-written Oh, the scenes. inside of the the yeah. inside of that building and it the way it just kind of goes from, like, wall to wall to, like, right. peek out of the town. And, like, we should also say that, like, in terms of, like, this movie gets physical space so well where, like, it's literally all... Almost all takes place in, like, 
an alleyway essentially between like there's a one big building owned by uh um Sebe and the other one owned by um Ushitora, who is the other faction, and then there are just buildings between them, including the Izakaya, and that's like the whole movie, right? Like it all takes place on that strip, um, and uh, and you understand the town so well based on that and its players and the scenes where where he's introducing the town are so well shot, where he's like opening different like window latches. Oh my god, to, like, that might be my yeah. favorite. I just want to gush about that scene, yeah, like, because it's very good exposition for the story, mm-hmm. but it's also just incredible framing. That every movie I've seen from Akira Kurosawa has had just like this, like Harry was saying, a great awareness of space and angles and depth, just otherworldly in a single shot like we just see from the center uh just pivoting the camera around this shop different windows open in seemingly like in scrupulous ways why would a window open in two stages like that i get maybe is that is that part of japanese architecture of the time i don't know but it just like it makes for such incredible framing of the whole scene and I such great use of that. physical space oh, which God. like when when you consider that like how also the actors themselves are using their physicality for such great comedic and dramatic effect like oh, man. To, to be able to also use space and uh um physical uh props that way is really great there are a lot of really good prop use in this uh, movie right before the big first battle which becomes farcical there are like leaves that are blowing across the um which like i know wind is a huge thing for kurosawa mm-hmm. but it looks so good like even now <laughs> to watch those leaves like blow across this alleyway it looks so like dramatic and, and it's, uh, it's such a tight fantastic. dance between like the space and the motion I, god i can't get enough of it maybe like my favorite part of this movie aside from the humor and the plot and the characterization is just like again that the cinematography always takes my breath away in these movies of, of Kurosawa's, even in the more like stationary. We were talking about Rashomon earlier and how there's less like dynamic movement in that movie, but still plenty to just oh, especially man, during just the fight scenes, over. which are yeah awesome in this movie and in they're awesome and like pointedly not awesome in that they look really silly. Um, that's huge in Rashomon and in there's a really early really funny fight scene in this movie too well it's it's like not a fight scene at all it uh it's after he allies with sebe the brothel owner um against ushitora goes to the brothel hears um sebe's wife who like is the actual sort of like brains behind the operation saying that she's gonna they're gonna kill uh sanjuro after the fight um so they don't have to pay him 50 uh rios um, and so he, at the last minute, after they're all squaring up in the alleyway, this is like all of Ushitora's men and all of Sebe's men. Um, he says, you know, actually, I'm not doing this. And he, like, climbs this, like, water tower and just watches them and laughs his ass off. for like in the middle of the two. Just right, like, yeah, and, and above. Yeah. Um, like and this like, little imp. Yeah, and they're, like... 70 reaction shots of him just laughing <laughs> and having the time God. of his fucking life watching these um and uh like the 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 men the the rows of dudes like square off on each other and like they continually sort of rush in and rush out and they're all terrified and swinging their swords sort of ineffectually nobody gets hurt i don't think in that entire nobody touches one another they're just like a lot of like really silly farcical standoff yeah, I think that shot, um, at least for me, that's something, like, one of my big visual takeaways from Yojimbo is, yeah, like, that shot specifically. And seeing it before, I was looking forward to it, knowing that it would come, you know, pretty early on, and then it was all downhill from there, uh, except not, because Yojimbo's amazing. But, yeah, him up in the tower, 
just like so watching good. him from the ground. Everybody's just kind of ebb and flowing their way in. Um, and then, uh, Jason, you mentioned depth, and I did want to gush about um, the cinematography a little bit as well, specifically with Dude. more intimate conversations. Um, like, throughout the entirety of it, um, even from the first conversation that um, the Ronin has with that family he comes across, every shot of a conversation between a party is distinctly layered. Like, nobody is on the same plane going backwards in the frame, and very often they're not facing oh, each other. Yeah. Um, there's also, you know, a few conversations that um, he has with the barkeep um, where they're kind of stationed, their heads are in the middle, facing away from one another, and then um, I think it was, you know, Sandro was a little ways, he was kind of on the, the more backwards plane. Um, I just... I just like camaraderie, but also like combative as the relationship kind of was. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I and just, with, I love that so with much. Constant references to social standing and, yeah. um, and power within any sort of contextual situation. Absolutely. Which is really important to Yojimbo, or not Yojimbo. Yojimbo means bodyguard. We should probably establish. It is so easy and fun. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, because, Sanjuro is so fundamentally uncomfortable with uh, with status, which especially his status as a fallen samurai becomes really important in this and the sequel. But he he's a person who like is fundamentally uncomfortable, like, and they portray that physically the way he's constantly like seated or like the way he eats even like he's eating in every scene in this movie i swear to god yes and he's like something in his face chewing like cud like he hasn't eaten in days and. Uh, um, and he's, he's always grumpy. Like he ro- woke up on the wrong side of the bed, which again, in Sanjuro, we find out he did like he sleeps in abandoned temples and, uh, houses and never for long and never well. Um, right. Just the, the eating, you know, he is anytime he's eating, it is a distinct event. Uh, like they make a point of showing him chewing his cud and right. I don't know how much it has to do with, uh, his, um, uncomfortableness with status, but anytime he, because he's always going after money, but anytime he gets it, he either spends it on food and drink, as you would, or he just gives it away. Yeah, or like discards or it of back it. directly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. To, to put on my weeb hat that is actually always on. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's a nice looking hat. Oh yeah, yeah go for thanks. it. Thanks. It like reminded me a lot of Cowboy Bebop, right? Which like Cowboy Bebop definitely got it from this or whatever. But like it's it's like this constant quest for money and like. Like, the money never comes, right? Like, at the end of this movie, his takeaway is he's killed a lot of people. He got the shit kicked out of him by a giant who threw him around a room. Uh, and he's, like, no richer for the experience, right? Like, absolutely no money was made during this. He had a lot of money at different points in the story, but it always goes somewhere. It's the end of National Treasure, I think. <laughs> you know, they... they, they... Jesus. No, but they, they, that's a... That's a what? That's a... That's a tradition that... Uh, that's a trope. That's Yeah, for yeah, sure. The I mean, character always ends up back at square one. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think the obvious comparison is, you know, Western films just due to this movie's influence and what it was influenced by. But I kept thinking about, you know, I, yeah, I've already mentioned, but, like, Indiana Jones, like, Mad Max especially, mm-hmm. um, which I think maybe some of those comparisons are maybe a better conversation for the sequel to this. Mm-hmm. Um the sequel, which is which is much more, uh, in my opinion, traditional um, yeah, character study sure. than Yojimbo, which is for like sure. a like and a more I, traditional adventure movie. Yeah, 
I would characterize Yojimbo as like a screwball comedy almost. Like it's uh, wild. Like it really reminds very nearly. me. To yeah. put on my pretentious hat, uh, sure. along with my weeb hat. It is a less hat. attractive hat, but go yeah, ahead. It, yeah, it, it's covering up the grandiosity up of the weeb hat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, like, it reminded me a lot of like Shakespeare's screwballs, like yeah, totally. Much Ado About Nothing or something. I feel where, that. Like, like, at a certain point, you, you realize that like like the farcical nature is saying something about humanity broadly. Like It, it really felt like this movie was like, was like making a statement about... like human agency in a in a like broad sense in a really fascinating way i that's yeah a I, lot, I also but. think it's shakespearean but i think it's definitely more of one of his dramas if than anything like it's a funny movie hmm. but it's also a, an extremely dark movie right uh I it mean, can be yeah the defining character trait for probably everybody in this movie with maybe one or two exceptions is the desire for to make money to get more powerful right mm-hmm. um, um and and the desire, like the the virtue drive, is so disparaged in this movie that sure. even Sanjuro, who is a virtuous person, as yeah. we find out, um, he has to go way out of his way to disguise that. Um, which is why I I talked about that discomfort, right? Like, there's the scene um, where he saves the, is it? I can't remember who the guy is, but the the um, the wife, wife, his wife, Nui, the oh, wife. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he saves the. There's a, a guy who had gambled away, uh, gambled a lot apparently, and including his had to wife. give away his wife. I yeah. guess you know, like uh, that's the ultimate. It turns out that, on the table. yeah, that Ushitora, the the leader of the gamblers, um, just was like taken with Nui, who is the wife, um, and just took her as like a gambling debt, uh, which. You know. and, and so he gets to what like he goes to visit her you know every once in a while and just gets the shit kicked out of him yeah. Yeah, I, because he, they're holding her he you know continues to live next to her even though he gets beat up on a daily basis because of it uh was the the yeah. idea yeah um but anyway um the the thing that sets that sets this cli- the climax of yojimbo into motion is that um, Sanjuro, on behalf of this guy and his son, who's like, there's one kid in the movie, it's the, the guy's son and, and uh, Nui's son, and it's heartbreaking. Like, there are really sad scenes of him, like, trying to get to his mom. The latches on the windows at the Izakaya come into play again, where the kid's reaching out through them to get to his mom, but he can't quite reach uh, to go back. To, it's great. Mm. Um, amazing. Mm. Uh, the, the humor, they do a really great thing with the humor in this movie, where when violence or tragedy happens, happens it's that much more impactful for the humor in my opinion at least um they're like they're like really terrible scenes of uh violence in this movie that mm-hmm. are not like gory in the traditional sense mm. not in the sanjuro sense certainly but like there's that scene where uh they set Sebe's house on fire and all the people come running out and they're just hacking these people down with swords and like it's really stupid to admit but like that scene, like, made me think about how swords would actually hurt somebody. And, like, it's not the way that you see them hurt people in movies, right? Where, like, especially not katanas, which is, like, a clean slash, and then they, like, sheath the katana, and mm-hmm. when the katana is sheathed, they, like, die. Uh, in this movie, it's, like, these soldiers are just, like, tr- hacking away at people, and it takes, like, 30 swings to kill somebody. And just- they're just, like... Ow, 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 God. <laughs> and then they die. And it's like, fuck, that sucks. Like, just separating to flesh watch. from like, flesh. To, yeah. Think about how that would happen to somebody. Do um, you remember where uh, Sanjuro is in that scene, though? Like, 
Do you remember what yeah, he's doing? Yeah, he's hiding in a uh, um, coffin, so essentially. He, yeah, he's being kind of like ferried around in this, essentially a uh, like a funeral urn. It's like a yeah, coffin, but it's, it looks like an urn. It's a, it's a coffin and fistful of dollars, which is why I said that, but I don't know what, what you would call it. But yeah, it's like a big pot yeah. that you put a body in. Um, and... <laughs> He's, you know, he's being carried by, uh, by, you know, two of the people that are helping him out. And he, he says specifically, like, hey, put me down. I want to watch. I want to look yeah, at this. Yeah, that's true. And it's like, it's like really weird. It's like voyeuristic, right? Yeah. It's, and he, he does seem to gain like legitimate, uh, joy from watching like kind, a little bit quote of glee, unquote, bad bit. people die. At one point he says like, man, everybody in town would be better off dead. Like he says that very early off and lo and behold, by the end of the movie, everybody <laughs> is dead. Like almost everyone in this movie dies. Uh, many of them, many of them by Sanjuro's ha- hand. He has a kill count of like 30 people in this movie. <laughs> yeah. And, um, just kind of with all of that as it is thinking how um, swords would operate in a world like this, yeah. how a town like this would operate. These people just got their weapons because they like somebody had a sack of swords that they just like brought in. We're like, hey, you know, it's payday. You know, pick one. Which yeah. is like another fascinating thing, right? Like it kind of makes sense that Sanjuro is like an unstoppable murder machine in this movie. Right. Because he's the only person who knows how to fight in like right. the whole He's movie. the only one who went to, you know, the Jedi Academy. Everybody right. else just, I don't, like they, they don't care other than that. They he's have like one. literally a samurai who's like a trained right. killer and the rest of yeah. these people are uh, literally silk farmers or brewers. <laughs> or they have a gun. Uh, I was was just about to say all that discussion we had about like the weight of having a sword and of like the lethality of it is just immediately subverted by a guy showing up with a Colt 1911 or whatever that is. God, he loves that fucking gun. Yeah. More, he, does more all but yeah, he loves it. just God, peeking that gun out of his out of his robe. Loves it. <laughs> oh yeah, they do so many good things with. Uh, I think they're kimonos. They might not. Be. Yes. Yeah. But like everyone walks around in this movie with their arms not in their armholes of their kimonos, and it looks so fucking badass. Just like flapping the way away. they swagger around with that thing, and then like when it's time to fight, they like put their arms in the armholes and. Uh, Armholes is not a great word for this, but I'm trying to make it sound badass. <laughs> I mean, what else do you call them? Yeah, I, uh, that was some of the like wings. some of the most hype moments for me were when yeah, those you could see those arms start to slither out of their armholes and that's, out of the armholes. That's again one of the, like the opening shots. Just to call back to it is like when he's walking toward that house you were talking about with the family where the son wants to. By the way, did I miss something or is like the last person that Sandra does not kill? Yes. Is he the kid from the beginning? You're totally he right. wanted yep. to go off and become a gambler. At, at the, they're sort of this movie sort of bookended by like in the first scene when Sanjiro first shows up. There's a dude who he's like a young man on a farm, and he it's sort of like it's doing a funny thing where it's establishing how the henchmen were assembled. Where there's this kid and he's like. I don't want to spend my life on this farm. Like, it's a short, exciting life for me. I'm going to go join uh, Ushitora's... um, Is it Ushitora? Yeah, Ushitora, which means cow tiger. His guardian was like, no, Luke, you have to stay and help with the harvest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then at the end of the movie, they do the... um, Which, again, like, this is where Kill Bill got it, right? Like, uh... He he's like the last dude standing after uh, Sanjuro kills all of the other henchmen, and he's just like, "Go home and have a boring life." Yeah, the, the so line is, "A long life eating porridge is best." Yeah, um, I think because they mentioned nice. that. So as far as bookends go, yeah, you know, that that line is just like, "Oh man, it's so good." <laughs> there's yeah. something here. No, yeah, it's incredible. even like a like kind of a well, we'll 
that's I think they they do an interesting thing with that line where they make it really tragic in Sanjuro the sequel because like that is a life that that he is fundamentally incapable both sort of like um temperamentally and because of his standing incapable of living um, yes. in an interesting way um they I think that that like maybe maybe this is because I'm I'm predisposed to be more critical of evocations of the West, and I know that samurai are extremely problematic as well, but, like, the whole closing of the frontier thing is so much more impactful in these movies for me than it is in the West, because, like, I'm so tired of, like, feeling romantic sort of, like, guilt and and sadness for cowboys when it's just like go fuck yourself but but when it's go samurai yourself, cowboys. No, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. cowboys don't interact uh what was i gonna oh um the really good scene where he saves the the wife um Nue and and reunites her with her son and her um husband go well, ahead I, I thought you were, i thought when you mentioned the kind of somewhat comical but not comical fight scene earlier i thought you were going to talk about this scene where he rescues her um Oh yeah! By just mowing down like what seven or eight dudes at I think it's six dudes. Yeah. yeah, and he he fucking like just goes to town on he these trashes dudes. And he the does place. it in a really funny way, and that one he's being accompanied by uh, one of the one of the henchmen for one of the gangs, right? And Is it the Bucktooth yeah. guy? Yeah, yep. yeah, real real kind of. Is it Ushitora? One of Ushitora's It's Ushitora's. Um, one is Ushi and yeah. one is Uni. Ino Kinchi. Ino. Ino. Kichi, which means okay. wild pig. It's it's he because like he looks like a pig. Like yeah, that's he's the a joke. Moron. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and he's you know he's being accompanied by him, and he is you know kind of purporting to okay, I'll I'll help you out. And he uh, he basically tricks the guy by saying you know oh my gosh you know six of your men are all slaughtered. Go go get help oh, get God, help. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy runs away, and then he's like, well okay, now I got to go in that room and kill all those dudes. Yeah. So he goes in there, spends maybe fifteen seconds just he gutting does it all as of them. fast as possible, and he's almost like it, there's a really funny like exasperation to his killing, which is a weird thing. But it's just like, well shit, I got to like, do oh, this fuck, as I gotta fast kill as all these yeah, dudes. Like, yeah, I better fucking hurry. And then he's just like, wow. And then he like Citizen Kane style like trashes the entire room. Yeah. you know, he's like poking holes in a rice bag. So that rice is spilling everywhere, and, the, and he also like pops off about it. Where like he comes back, they like the guards walk in, and he's just like, "Wow, shit! Look at this mess. Looks like fucking six or eight people did this. <laughs> not no, not even that. Looks like fifteen, 15 or oh, sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> looks like fifteen or sixteen men did it. And he's like, man, what a flex. Yeah, that scene is incredible because I fully expected him to do something stupid like trip over himself because that's a one shot scene where he trashes the whole place, and yeah. that's like. He's poking bags of beans and things that would be really hard to restage if he fucked it up. I just really like that he got that done in one take. Yeah. Um, you can also definitely see how impactful the fight scenes in this movie were for later uh, media, especially like George Lucas in the original Star Wars movies. Uh, Toshiro Mifune himself was a huge inspiration for Lucas. Uh, I think Lucas he asked him to asked him to be, be either Obi Wan or Vader, yeah. according what? to Toshiro Mifune's no. uh, daughter. Which, like, imagine a Toshiro Mifune Obi Wan Kenobi? Are you fucking kidding me? Alec Guinness is one of the only few that he's uh, great. You know. Yeah, I mean, like. Oh God! It would be so cool. Uh, anyway, um, there would be weird implications there, where it would be like passing the torch to this white how kid. Does, how does that movie uh, work if he's Darth Vader? I, uh, I mean, James Earl, they, James Earl Jones was Darth Vader, so like, what do you mean? <laughs> I guess I just, I don't know. I figured if you're gonna have Mifune, you you 
you show oh, him, yeah. right? Yeah, that's a good you point. You don't have a mask the entire time? You like, wouldn't hey, guess who I got face, from? Darth yeah. Vader, dude. <laughs> I thought you were saying, like, how would the heritage of Luke Skywalker spoilers for The Empire Strikes Back <laughs> work out? But anyway. Just, just wait, quick what? <laughs> uh, I was going to say, um, but yeah, like, the, the fighting in this uh, movie was done by a cor- fight choreographer based on, like, legit really old japanese sword fighting styles i wish i had written it down um but it's one of the like no ryu like actual um fencing styles that is, is like, it aikido or uh aikido's some uh hand-to-hand combat but like okay. there's like a so no <laughs> sorry that was so fucking <laughs> oh god let's put on his weave hat again i took yeah um no, nothing. nothing <laughs> I have nothing more, more to say, say about this. About this. <laughs> Closes his book. Um, but no, it's like it's like a famous kendo style. Um, but uh, that that scene is really good because it's sort of like the the wife and um, husband they don't leave after he saves them. He gives them all of the money that he had, which is like the for no no reason other than virtue in this movie. It's like maybe the one truly virtuous act that does not benefit him at all. Um, and they're like, they're bowing to him and trying to express their gratitude because he like changed their lives for the better instantly. And, uh, and he like, he has a really good line where he's like, I can't stand, what is it? Like, I can't stand groveling or like, I can't stand pathetic people. And if you cry, I'll kill you, he says. <laughs> and he's like doing the old yeller thing where he's like trying to get them to leave by like throwing rocks at them and yelling at them. Um, them being dogs in this metaphor. God. Um, well, yeah, I mean. It's only so far you can take it beyond what he actually <laughs> uh, said to them. But, but like, and that that sort of demonstrates how like the idea of like virtue that's not motivated by profit is so alien in this movie that like he has to like he has to put on the scariest face possible to disguise it because of how afraid he is of yeah. demonstrating it. I think that it's no mistake that like he pulls the woman out. He's killed all the men. He pulls the woman out of out of the clutches of the um. Is it Ushitora's man? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. And tells them, like, okay, you're reunited, get out of here. And he tells them the whole, like, I can't stand, you know, uh, beggars and whiners or whatever. Uh, and then he goes back in, trashes the place, comes back out, and they're still there, bowed in the dirt. And then he really goes off. On yeah. <laughs> and then he starts, like, kicking at them and doing that whole, like, throwing stones at them thing. I don't think that's accidental. You see this, like, outburst of almost comical rage, and then he comes back out, and he's like, what the fuck are you still doing here? Yeah, I think it's maybe important thematically to bring up the uh, coffin salesman in this movie, who kind of is is I guess seen as like a nuisance. Not only is oh like yeah, this, that's a really good point. This, though. yeah, I mean he's the symbol of hey, y'all are gonna die, right? Like people are dying every well, day. Well, and this also town. like like the ultimate sort of profit motivated. Oh, for sure, dude. He, he's, he's 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 sort of like the he's like a um he's one of those companies that did well in a recession, right? Like he's like <laughs> resume writing services, where it's like if they're doing well. Shit's not. He's like in a company metaphor to like sort of um, to sort of uh, foreground the the allegory, right? Like I I think it's really so. Yeah, coffin salesman. He walks around, you know, uh, just kind of being extremely loudly and and you know selling. Whenever somebody gets gutted through, you know, he makes a profit, and he's kind of been doing well because of the condition that the town is in. And there's a scene where we talked about it before, but there's kind of a horrific. A uh, fire, you know, one of the gangs lights the other gang's turf on fire and is it's, basically smoking them out. It's right? the final move in that turf war where yeah. uh, 
yeah. no going back from U- that. Ushitora, in response to having um, Nue taken from him, the wife, which uh, then Sanjiro being Sanjiro convinces Ushitora that uh, Seibei did it. And he's just like, well, fuck this then. And Ushitora just straight up like takes all of his boys and goes to Seibei's house, burns it to the ground, and then they come out like basically one at a time and he just butchers all of them. Yeah, and, and there's a there's a kind of like the most darkly funny line in the movie where someone's talking to the, the coffin salesman is like, hey, you must be pretty happy, right? Like you're doing pretty well with this. And he says, uh, no, at, at a certain point when there's so many bodies, they don't use, uh, they don't use coffins. Yeah. Right? Fuck! Like, I remember they just dump them all a, in a grave, dude. What a brutal line! And maybe this is just because we did see Sandro afterwards, and maybe this is just me putting a little pretentious spin on it. But I think there's something kind of poetic about like we like violence, but like not too much. We don't like the gratuitous. We like kind of fun, adventurous, you know, guiding right. slice through violence. But Impermanent. the minute, yeah, the minute people are running outside and we're you know slaughtering women and children, and uh, like, oh, okay, that's that doesn't sell as well, yeah. right? That's also the scene where the violence turns right well there are a couple of turns there's that one scene where the guy gets cut and we get to see the consequences of being cut by a sword we're like like they nick an artery and he just bleeds out in like a corner and we watch that happen and it sucks and he's like, kept in the background of the yeah. frame as other people I are doing things in the talk, foreground right yeah and he's just as like, they're going uh, that is an astonishing like surprising level of violence for the rest of this movie because you know there's the Horrific act of smoking them out and just, like, logistically, that's, like, a really drawn-out process. But this is the one instance in which it really just lets loose with visible And that happens earlier in the movie, right? This That happens right as the two spies who went – it's kind of a complicated plot, but uh, the two spies who killed an official in another town to get the official that's visiting this town away. Right. Right after they're caught by the – They're not – Spy. Oh wait. Sorry. Go ahead. They were um, dispatched to one of the, to another town to get the official who's visiting right. this town. Yeah, there, out. Are, there are officials that come and to ostensibly inspect the town, and, and right. that makes That's the such game a crazy thing. Stop. Like a, a town inspector, you know, who's just like decreed to just like roll through and just yeah. make sure that everybody's like sweeping their and is on the take anyway. Obviously, right? right. Sure. That's, I was just like, man, that must suck whenever the town inspector comes. Yeah. Like, dude, town inspector, nobody have fun. I think they're called Byugyos or something, sure. but like they were an actual Japanese like official or something. Like there is a context for it in <laughs> in like the movie. I wrote it down from Wikipedia. I guess so, how like, else I'm are you not... gonna keep like a firm grasp on you know your you know I guess. the lands that you, you have underneath you, right? Yeah. But like, man, I would hate that dude, especially in the <laughs> Bakumatsu. Am I right, guys? <laughs> Anyway, what was that? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Your weep hat is still on. You, know, you can take that off. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, this is recorded. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, you guys were mentioning earlier, sorry to bring it back up, but uh, the relationship of um, power and social status to the way that people are framed and characterized. Uh, and I wanted to talk more about that because it was like an ever-present thing to me, like from the older, like the barkeep who's always hunched over and never really likes stood up straight to like one of the final shots he's in is being uh it's implied that he's hanged but then the camera pans (laughs) up and he's just like dangling from his waist sort of they just trick you like you definitely think that he's already dead and you're heartbroken about it i had seen this movie before and i was still like fuck yeah (laughs) uh charlie who couldn't be here uh my sister like she was really upset there she was like (laughs) oh no and then like when when it like panned up i could hear the like 
the sigh she come deflates. out of her. She's like, <sighs> And, yeah, she was mad about that scene. Uh, was he tied by by his arms behind his back? Or I, th- just I think his, his waist? arms were tied. Was the rope though going rope like a belt? Around, yeah, I think it was oh, like thank a belt. God. I thought no. he was like they didn't you know, just shatter oh, his solar man. plexus. Putting him I don't know. That, that seemed you know not yeah. very nice people doing some of this. No, stuff. I, think, yeah. I think it was because at the very end when Sandro cuts the ropes, it's like three ropes that are around his front. The Shaves. Another, anyway, anyway. Yeah, that's a classic Sanjuro moment where when he cuts the ropes, he does it in such a way that it looks like, or that if he wasn't perfect with his cutting, he would just cut this dude like. What if he fuck that up, dude? I know <laughs> he wouldn't. Well, yeah, that's I know the he thing. But like, imagine you know. But like, also that's the thing, right? Is that like he? It turns out that the reason this climax happens is another straight up virtuous action where like Sanjuro is out of the woods, like he has been protected. His his um, bartender friend helped him. And he's in the wind, and then they capture his bartender friend to get him to come back, and it works because mm-hmm. he he won't abandon his friend, um, which sets in in course the the final showdown. Um, and then like he has to cover for that, right? That he just did this amazing thing for his friend, um, and so he like cuts the ropes in such a way that to show like I don't care about you, like I could cut you in half right now, man. I don't even care. Sandro's a bro, dude. <laughs> Sandro's like one of the ultimate bros. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, he, his relationship with the bartender in this movie is amazing. It's an incredible bromance. Yeah, uh, the, the bartender's name is um, Ganji. Ganji, sorry. Yeah. The this talk of the finale um, makes me want to go back and appreciate more just like the trajectory of the coffin salesman. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, like, at the begin, like we can tell a lot from this movie just by what is going on in his life. Like we get to town, the dude who kind of oversees death for everybody is like the only thing with a pulse. I don't know if that's like going a little too far. Nice. No, I love that. And I guess, um, like audibly speaking, like he's hammering away just like kind of a consistent thought. You know, it's a heartbeat. I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know. You you want to take that a little little bit further. No accident. I think that he's introduced not visibly, but audibly. And the barkeep complains like, shut up. Exactly. There's that like frenemy type dynamic. Death hangs over this entire town. Yeah, exactly. Death hangs over at these, you know, two, um, you know, business rivals who are just trying to scrape together some coins. The guy then, who serves the living and the guy who serves the dead. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then that... Oh, oh shit. That's so <laughs> good, <laughs> dude. Did you just come up with that? Do I look like I've got notes? I have notes, but not that note. Yeah, it's very <laughs> Thank good. Thank you, Cody. Yeah. Please go oh, yeah, I, no, I love where we're going You know, this. the turn happens, as Harry was talking about, you know, kind of his, and or maybe it was you, Aaron, just like the change... Um, when you know all this death is occurring, it's like all the coffin salesman's like, no, I, I don't like this. Like that's how you know things are really bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when, when the dude the making the coffins is it. like, no, this sucks. <laughs> um, and then just kind of at the like at the end when uh, Sanjuro is hiding out, uh, recuperating, and then the coffin salesman is the one who like goes and fetches him. Just like uh, that's like you wouldn't have it because of that whole like, come and stop this killing. Yeah, just like hey, you know we're you know you're friends with my business rival, um, but you know oh hey, there's like a grander evil here. Um, even though I'm yeah. kind of the purveyor of death, just like really? hey, yeah. you've got to you've got to come by here. That's great, and like also that's not even the only. My, like there are minor character arcs in this movie that work really well uh, between the two mayors too. Like there's an arc there where like the original mayor. Um, Takanemon like lost his mind when he was stripped of power and like now he bangs on a Buddhist drama all the time constantly um and like at the end of the movie like the last killing that happens is he comes out dressed as a samurai which he hadn't been dressed as and like bangs on his drum 
and then stops banging on the drum so that he can run and find uh, Takanemon, the new mayor, and kill him. <laughs> and, like, that's the last killing, and it sort of, like, single signals a shift or, like, a shift back or, like, or like a, a final progression for him that, that signals the end of something, the end of this um, madness in a manner of speaking, I guess. Uh, yes. But, yeah, that's a... I, I had forgotten that uh, the grave... Digger comes to um, get Sanjuro when he's hiding out. That's awesome. I, you're, um, as we don't necessarily have to jump. It makes me want to talk about what I like more about the the end of this movie, and that it had some of the most hype kind of last lines of dialogue. Just some of my favorites, anyway. Oh um, man, I'm thinking of one specifically. We, that we already I talked about got. the porge line, um, mm. and then there's the um, like the, these two dying people. I could never keep them straight, um, just because everybody was fighting at the end, um, and everybody was all bloody, and I couldn't. But uh, one of them. Um, Who's praying? I don't need any. I don't need any prayers. And I think that's you know his last. Sort that's of Unosuke, oh. the yes. younger brother. Yeah, I just have called the gun brother. Yeah, because he's the yeah. dude who always has his gun. Right, and like he dies and he wants the gun in his hand. Like yeah. he asks for it. Right. I mean, it's so he can try to shoot Sanjuro. Right. But yeah, yeah. anyway. Um, oh yeah, and I loved that. And then I also loved just one hundred percent badass. It was like the entrance to hell beat. Beat, beat! I'll be waiting there for you. <laughs> yeah, so good. <laughs> oh man, um, I don't know. Those were hype, and Extremely. this is 1961, so that's cool. Was this film ever like dubbed in English? I don't know. It makes me curious to think about how I would have perceived these lines. This isn't them directly related. Um, I had a scare that it was um, that these movies were because I was rewatching Rashomon recently, um, and the Criterion menu, like when I went to audio options it didn't have an option for like subtitled and oh, from oh, how yeah. uh, are like fr- that. from how it looked it was like uh, i could only select i'm qu- i'm doing air quotes i could only select uh like dubbed or, or english audio or something like that and i was like this is a That's disappointment miserable. but this movie rules so mm-hmm. i'm going to keep going yeah. um but it turns out the only option was um you know regular normal audio english subtitles and i was just reading the menu wrong like an idiot um to answer your question, no, I don't know if they were dubbed in English. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, the short, just, short answer is maybe. Yeah, I just think that the cadence of a lot of these, a lot of this dialogue, as spoken in Japanese, is really crucial to the timing and punch of a lot of these lines. Yeah, I, this movie did get a fair amount of recognition over here. I mean, it was nominated for right. best costume design at, at the thirty-fourth Academy Awards. Yeah, nice. Uh, lost to La Dolce Vita. Oh, which I haven't yeah. seen, but Shit. I assume is a far which is also coming movie. to the trial uh, very very soon. No, is no, it not man. in the I mean, like that's movie? considered. It's very good. Okay, uh, but anyway, that's. I mean, maybe it is. I, I don't, don't know. know. I really do like an episode it. on that one. I mean, yeah, maybe. It's Definitely. Out, Mark it, it is down. coming to the Trilon very, very soon. It's coming to the Trilon, like, December 23rd, 24th, 25th. Oh, shit. <laughs> so what are you saying? I'm not what's, saying what's anything. Where, I don't know what's up with those yeah. dates. What's the problem? I'm gone. Yeah, Jason's gone. Well, you got YouTube, you got Netflix, you got Amazon. Yeah, you know? that's true. Uh, are there any other themes you got? I, I just wanted to go back to one theme that we were talking about. Like the, oh, go for it. Uh, yeah, go for it. Now I don't feel like going for go, it. Go God. for it, Jason. Do it. Holy Fucking shit. just say it, dude. <laughs> They're all standing over me. Uh, that sort of like the finality and uh, lethality of weapons and how it's 
um, almost subverted with the guy with the gun because he comes in and he's like, oh, he could theoretically literally kill anybody from a distance, from across the, the village. But then his character in specific, and I'm wondering why it's this way, if if not only for farce, is that he, like, wastes most of his bullets, like, peacocking. He shoots at the bell in town. He shoots one, one shot off just in a real flare move at, in the center of town. And then, like, twice he tries to shoot actual people. Uh, he does kill two people with the gun. Uh, the two assassins during the prisoner exchange. And it is um, central to their plan that they have this gun that, mm-hmm. like, is a sea change for the way that we perceive violence. But, like, I, to me, that was really funny, um, the the gun brother, as I called him. <laughs> Let's keep going Because, like, it. he's, like, like you said, like, the ultimate peacock in contrast to Sanjuro, who, like... like it's all action. Is all action and and like is it belies his strength is belied by his personality so much. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this guy is like he never lets you forget that he is the ultimate killer. Like there's never a scene where he doesn't have his gun like framing his face and like a big smile where he's talking about how <laughs> fucking sick his gun is. Grin, yeah. God. Um, one uh, bit of gun violence. Um, one of I guess one of the few pieces. Um, going back to the smokeout sequence. Um, Dude was gun brother was waving his gun around. Um, of course, the people with swords kind of had first hack at people, just kind of in their own little circle, you know, thwacking away at whoever came out. Mm-hmm. I may have miss kind of miss seen this, but I think there was a moment where he just kind of popped in when there was an opening and like unloaded one bullet in the vague area of some person's chest, and then they just kind of stopped flailing and then crumpled to the ground. Um, it kind of kind of weird that I'm going towards this. I mean, it made me think of Heath Ledger's Joker um, because there was mm. at least there was at least one fight sequence in The Dark Knight um, where the Joker kind of had his cronies beating the shit out of Batman. Um, and he was kind of huddled on the ground. Everybody was kicking him, and then the Joker was sort of on the periphery watching and would only really jump in when it was advantageous for him to do so or, like, he would, had absolutely no threat of getting a scratch on him. He was like, mm. oh, he's in a very... He's a, in a vulnerable state right now. I'll pop in get in a couple licks here and then like right. I, and and then I'm back out. Do your uh do your best Heath Ledger. No, uh, but don't, do it don't as do this. as that character from Yojimbo. This is going to be super racist. <laughs> I'm not going no. No, just do it the two. I'm leaning Ledger. closer to the mic so I can say this is not happening. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> This is a Christian podcast. I hold my face away from the I mic assume you're me. you're challenging me and that <laughs> <laughs> I assume you're challenging me and you He's have a really great impression of yeah. what you He's just great. described. He doesn't really have any iconic uh he doesn't really have any iconic like, We just said two iconic. Well, I know, lines. but nothing I can do in a Joker voice, you know oh, what I mean? Sure. <laughs> you know what's it worth if you can't do it in a Joker uh, voice? we should mention that Unosuke, that guy's name, is also a, a name pun. I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's something like how he looks like he's harmless, but he's not. Maybe a rabbit or something. I sorry, I can't remember. Um, he's played by um, Tetsuya Tetsuya uh, Nakadai, who's like a really famous Japanese actor. Did um, you say he played the lead in? Uh, yeah, in the Human Condition trilogy, which is a single eleven-hour movie <laughs> that they played at the Trilon a while ago, and we didn't go to because we're cowards. You guys didn't go to that. No. I'm a living human I being. Really, I really wanted to. Um, it was sponsored by Ramen Kazuma, as these movies were. How do they do I the believe. breaks in that? Really? Do um, they give you a bathroom break every two think, hours? I don't know. I don't think they so. Must. They were selling uh, Onigiri though. 
Ramen Cosmo Wait, was really? there. Yeah. That's the only reason Which, I, like, I really yeah, wanted to shit. go. Yeah, dude, you should have um, done that, man. It's 11 hours long, dude. I know, but like- I'll die. You got to brag about I'm not it. just like sporous growing brain mold. I'm a human. I have like <laughs> things. I got to move. I have needs, Aaron. <laughs> I would love to just like stand outside the trial on and interview people like coming out of the building. And just Before like, and after? Yeah, just like, was it worth it? You want to know how I got these baggy eyes? <laughs> wow, there it was. Uh, could you do that voice and, and say it, but it, it about your revolver or your uh, pistol? No. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, is, anyway, that's a you, that's a great character. I love how he comes into the movie two thirds of the way through the movie, and like is framed so obviously as the final boss, and like he just gets gutted like so quick though. That's true. I mean, he does. everybody does, right? Like, yep. there's no. Like, despite what this inspired, there's no, like, 10-minute boss battle, right? It's Very like, pointedly so. When yeah. Sanjuro kills people, it's over in an instant. Like, he just, yeah. like, it's a single swing, and uh, it might be sped up. I don't know if it is. It doesn't really look like it, it is. It kind of, yeah. It, the way that he gets killed, though, is a little cooler, right? Yeah. He goes, he goes to pull out his gun, you know, shoot Sanjuro. Uh, Sanjiro throws a throwing, throwing star. Right? It's a throwing knife. It's, it's a throwing a, yeah. knife. Uh, there's a really right good through his arm. There's a really good scene when Sanjiro is in this cabin in the graveyard recovering, where there's a leaf blowing around in his room, and he's throwing the throwing knife at it, catching the the knife or catching the leaf out of the air, preparing because he knows he's going to have to take on. I love how he did it like twice, and he's an expert. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, he's Sanjiro. He's already great at it. <laughs> Fucking Ronan, dude. Yeah, he's, he's a bit of a Mary Sue, though, right? <laughs> Jeez. Jesus Christ. Uh, drop that turd right no, that, in the that middle was, of the That was very funny and good. I, another, I, you, the first time we see Gun Brother? Gun Brother. Gun Brother. Um, you, can, you can feel, I don't, you can feel kind of the air get sucked out of, uh, of the theater with the first time that gun makes an appearance because we're talking about the hands hiding uh, yeah. in, the, in the kimonos. Which, that, like, that I gun just, just slithers badass. right on out of there. Yeah, yeah. And, but like, it turns out that it was not only badass, it was, like, really important because, like, yeah. that's where the gun was. <laughs> <laughs> it works on multiple levels. You're right. Right. Was, exactly. Was, wow. really, was GB the only one who posed, like, a real threat to Sanjuro? Insofar as he did. I uh, I mean, like, the giant the tall beats guy. the shit yeah. out of yeah. Sanjuro. could have killed it. Uh, there is a sequence. I guess we haven't talked about it. There's a sequence where Sanjuro is, you know, captured. Uh, because Unasuke, flawed. the gun brother, finds him out. He, yeah. like, he like, figures out his plot, and it he captures is, him. Yeah, I guess he is kind of Sanjuro's foil, but in, like, just clearly not as smart, right? He does kind of luck into that, right? Uh, someone sees the... the the family the that he rescued, like, but but it is the idea, right? That yeah, like yeah. now this is an opponent. Like, I I definitely think there's a foil thing happening there. I also think it. I more or less inferred, and I think it was communicated as much at some point. Can't remember by who, but just like as long as this Ronin doesn't have his sword, he's just a he's just a guy. Like he like not somebody does say that at one point. R- yeah. Like we like not, not that we you know I think it's probably purposeful that we don't see him engage in any hand to hand combat. Um, not to say that he would be any worse off against somebody his own size. Perhaps he would use Aikido against. Oh, them. that's a good point. Uh, yeah, no, it's a hand to hand style <laughs> fighting, like, Japanese style. The way of, fighting. of hurting without hurting. So yeah, I don't. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> was that a was that a reference to something earlier? I don't. Uh... <laughs> I don't follow. Um, what else is on you guys' notes for this movie? 
I think we went through all my notes. notes. I mean, we, I think we touched upon all of mine. Harry has a bit more extensive ones there. Uh, most of this is plot summary, which I we didn't end up using, but I just really wanted like the it, it can be difficult to follow the ins and out of this movie because there are so many different moments of deception. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're really great to follow. Like on a plot beat by beat basis, this is a like blast of a movie. It to is watch. a very very uh, quick movie too. Like it, yeah. the, the plot really it's two hours, skips. but it feels an hour. Isn't it two hours? It is two, two hours. hours. It like feels that. as an hour thirty. It feels maybe. like yeah, maybe yeah. an hour twenty to me. Like it's it's real crisp. This movie, I I really dug how it's the second time I've seen it. First time in a theater, but like I was never bored. Yeah, totally. I think one of the um, more crowd pleasing moments comes near the end because everybody. Uh, at this point is kind of dying for some like badassery or some comedic I don't know exchanges Um, there's the moment where uh, Sandro's coffin is getting brought down to the cemetery um, by pig brother Uh, and that kind of final exchange before they before they prance off um, are you afraid of ghosts no they make me feel just great yeah, oh, such a false good sense of confidence. Oh my God, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, what? I love ghosts. <laughs> ghosts, man. Ghosts. Yeah. Oh man, that's so good. And like that's that's because Sanjuro can like they managed he and uh um Ganji managed to convince basically one of the leaders of the enemy faction to taxi Sanjuro around inside of this uh grave. It's hilarious. That is an all-time galaxy brain moment. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I think I, uh, I love this movie. Mm -hmm. Like, I could watch it once a week, probably. Um, it's so fun to watch. It's so fun to think about, uh, and talk about. I'm having so much fun, you guys. (laughs) Uh, he doesn't even have his Wii bat on. It's true. All of the hats are off. (laughs) I just have my gun here (laughs) that I'm holding up to my face and smiling broadly about. Well, if that's all we like thematically wanted to say about the movie, I don't really, we don't need to go through plot by plot beat. But no, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I mean, just what an incredible farce and what what an interesting. Um, I mean, you can see why they wanted to bring this character back, right? Like I, this character in in this setting are so um, fascinating to play with that you could see um, Sanjuro being the the star of many more movies. You can see um, this as an anthology TV show. Kind of surprised like Netflix has not tried to shit out something like that. It's procedural. interesting you say that because I think a Rashomon uh, series was announced today, right? I don't remember that. It's like a procedural detective. Sorry to drop this bomb right at the end of the podcast. It was just announced today, yeah. Uh, I said I don't remember that. We just acknowledged <laughs> I, I don't the fucking it, I don't joke think it happened that way. Dude, I thought it was, it was a good joke. <laughs> Um, <laughs> all four of us just recount exactly what just happened. <laughs> I just didn't know if you guys didn't get her if it wasn't funny. It, it wasn't funny, but uh, you know. uh, so, listeners, Rashomon is about. <laughs> it's a. I mean, Yojimbo's fantastic. Um, I think that that there's a a world consistency that does not restrict at all. Uh, usually, when when you're trying to make an allegorical uh, sort of movie like this, where like I think profitability and and sort of like self interest are like the motivating characteristics of everything in this universe. There's like, there's almost no room for something else except in Sanjuro's case, but like to be able to make this many interesting characters and this interesting, a plot out of something that ostensibly restrictive is really fascinating um, and great. Um, And to set it in such a rich era and like to make 
to make that yeah it's a it's an amazing stylistically movie. thematically like socially yeah, incomparably it's just, directed obviously yeah um hilarious i this movie has it all man <laughs> this movie is it's stacked. got it all it's a real tour de force wouldn't you say <laughs> Yeah, it turns out that Yojimbo, this movie nobody's heard of, is really good. <laughs> uh, well, then that is Yojimbo. Um, we're going to talk about Sanjuro next. Yeah. Keep your ears open for that. Keep uh, your ears open. I'm going to make y'all say your names again. Yeah, keep your ears open. Take the weeb hat off. <laughs> Uncover your ears. Does the weeb hat cover weeb my hat, ears? The weeb hat has flaps, like okay. uh, like Elmer Fudd's hat. <laughs> There's probably a good anime character that has probably flappy a, Ear uh, hat. Flappy does ear does hat. Ed from Cowboy Bebop ever have a hat like that? No. Fuck. You're a, a Moogle? You're a Moogle? From Moogles uh, also from don't have. Final wait, Fantasy? from Final Fantasy? Yeah. They have palms that, like. Yeah, you gotta. Oh, Fully Cool. Somebody hat. definitely wears one in Fully Cool. Oh, sure. Definitely. I think you're right. Um, without thinking specifically this what it looks like. This is a podcast about Fully Cool. <laughs> um, a Cowboy Bebop, Bebop character who does have flap ears is Ayn, because Ayn is a dog. That's right. Ayn is Very a dog good. with human level intelligence. Yeah. Checkmate. <laughs> uh, I'm going to make y'all say your names again. My name's Jason. I'm Harry. I'm Aaron. I'm Cody. Bye. Sorry for talking so much in this podcast about talking. <laughs>